2: Take it away, Mark. A DiVincenzo. A DiVincenzo. I hope that the uh, Warriors... DiVincenzo, the Suns tonight. Remember, DiVincenzo, it's not just a proper noun anymore. Warriors and Suns, 95-7 the game. Later on tonight, we hope that you'll be with us as the Warriors try to get back in the win column and you think your Warriors have been compromised. Way do you get a load of the Suns? Let's welcome in our good buddy John Bloom, broadcaster for the Suns, who has traveled far and wide—planes, trains, and automobiles—to get here for Damian Lee Ring Night. Thank you for coming, John. That was nice of you. <laughs>
1: it is—it uh, is exciting uh, that we have something to look forward to. Uh, that's not necessarily. The basketball game, which could uh, be another ugly one for the Suns tonight. I know they're hoping that that's not the case, but D-League getting a ring. That is something to, that we're all uh, can rally around both sides tonight.
3: Yeah, what's up with the decimated Suns? Uh, can you break down the litany of injuries? Do we have time? Do you want to go halfway through and then we can take a break and you can come back and do the other half? What's the deal <laughs> with yeah, the, I mean, with hey, the exactly. hospital squad? How, how yeah. long
1: do we have, Dibs? Man. I, It's been rough. You guys have experienced it in stretches, I know. And and it seems like almost every team in the league is experiencing it this year. But uh, it's been taken to another level for Phoenix right now with Devin Booker being where it starts because he was playing as the best shooting guard in the league before he went out. And now, you know, there's another few weeks uh, probably without him. Uh, and then you, on top of that, now you add Chris Paul dealing with more issues after he had already missed a good stretch of a few weeks. Uh, couple that with the two cams, Cam Johnson and Cam Payne, both being sidelined, and now you add three new names to the list, including your starting center and DeAndre Ayton, who tweaked his ankle again the other night in the loss to Cleveland. So it just keeps going on and on and on. Uh, you know, after a fourteen and six start, they've gone uh, six and fifteen the last twenty one, and that's why they said a game under five. For the first time in a couple of years.
2: So, John, let's take both of these teams together because I think that the Suns and Warriors, uh, I think everyone would agree that, that uh, in theory, if health is ahead, better days are ahead. Both of them right now sitting, the Warriors are two and a half games out of just the four seed, the Suns are only three games out of the four seed. How do you see this going uh, the rest of the way? And if we can't assume some sort of health, do you still think both of these teams are top five seeds?
1: I think that it is fair to assume that they both can be there in the end, that they can both get to the top five. The reason I think that is just based on personnel right now for the Warriors and based on opportunity for the Suns to improve their personnel. Well, you know, it's it's, it's the worst-kept secret that, that Phoenix has been holding on to a starter who's been sitting on his couch all season, and they haven't gotten anything for him. That's Jay Crowder. So they're waiting, uh, and James Jones has had to be patient, and it's not necessarily his call to be patient. It's, it's Sometimes it's the guys that he's been dealing with looking to make the trade that have, have kept this kind of on hold for the meantime. But here we are. We're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. Something's going to happen, and this roster is going to change, and we all know it. Then it's going to change because you're going to get healthier. So for those reasons, I stay optimistic about the Suns' future. But as they continue to slide, this is now six straight losses and nine out of ten. You've got to put an end to it soon. And the tough part for Phoenix is it's not getting easier. They had a six game trip in 12 days. Now they they got home for a couple of games. They're back on the road for four, starting tonight here, and then it's off to a a, a tough Denver team tomorrow night on the second night of back-to-back with a depleted roster. Then to Minnesota where they've been up and down and then finishing in Memphis, and we all know about how the Grizzlies are sitting on top of the West right now. Uh, So this is going to be a challenge. There's no doubt about it. Two of the top teams, Denver and Memphis, and then you talk about the Warriors getting healthy right now, so that is definitely going to be a challenge for the Suns, but even then I look at it and I say, you know, if they can get healthy, and that's a big if, uh, this is a team that can still do a lot of damage, and they have changed their approach, as we talked about the last time you guys had me on. Uh, they de-emphasized the importance of the regular season after setting their franchise record, winning 64 games last year, and as I sit here seeing 21 losses on the uh, cheat sheet in front of me, it just makes me amazing. Not, it's not an indictment about this group. I think it's more just an amazing feet that they pulled off last year only losing 18 in the entire season and you guys can appreciate that having seen even better seasons here in the city by the bay
3: yeah we were joking last week that even if they ran the table 40 something straight to end the year they still wouldn't match last year's total which i know is off the table now sitting at 20 and 21 for those of us outside phoenix what's the story with jay crowder why has he been unwilling to play for a team where he could make such an impact especially now with the injuries
1: I know, and it's it's uh, definitely something that has a lot of Suns fans, you know, pulling their hair out of their head because it's, it's one of those deals where you're just not getting anything uh, out of him or uh, in exchange for him through this whole portion of the season. Now, all that said, I just got done telling you about their de-emphasizing of the regular season, so it could still end up paying off if they can put the right squad together for the stretch run. You guys saw it happen last season here with the Warriors and the Suns hope that they can do something like that, but... It's going to take the right guy uh, putting into that spot uh, to make it happen. I think Cam Johnson is definitely a guy that can make that impact in the starting unit, but then he went out eight games into the season and has been making his way back after having surgery on his knee. Uh, They do expect to have him back sometime soon, probably sooner than all the other guys I listed earlier, and that's exciting for the Suns. As far as Jay Crowder, to answer your question, it was agreed upon before the season by both parties that he was going to sit out until they could find a defense because he wanted an extension and the Suns weren't ready to give him one. He has this last year on his contract. That was what was uh, agreed upon again by both sides. Are, are they both potentially regretting that agreement right now?
2: Yeah. John Bloom, Suns broadcaster with us right now. Willard and Dibbs, 95-7 the game. All right, real talk time, my friend. Let's talk about where the Suns and Warriors are with one another sort of emotionally. I think most fans here in the Bay... Uh, their focus when it comes to rivals or teams that get under their skin, the focus tends to be on Memphis because the Grizzlies, yap, 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 all the time. And they're yeah. dancing, and right? right. There's that. But I know you know this. There's something beneath the surface here between the Suns and Warriors, and maybe it's not beneath the surface. Clay Booker, we've seen the emotions get the best in both of the games so far this year that were played in Phoenix. And we know that the Suns have a little bit of a thing with the Warriors just because of the, the 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 longevity and success. How would you put all of that in into words? And as far as the fans and the players are concerned,
1: well, I see. I do think it's different than the. Uh, tiff, if you will, with the Grizzlies that the Warriors seem to have. And I think the Grizzlies are all riled up about this, the Warriors. I mean, we could see it when we were in Memphis the last time, just hearing them, because they were fresh off the last uh, game against the Warriors. So, I think there's something different there, but you're right. When, this, when the Warriors came to Phoenix, you saw Clay Thompson get a little riled up more so than I think you normally see him, and he got ejected, and that's an unusual situation for that guy. Uh, and, and, you know, the the tensions boiled up, but then it's at the same time, after Afterwards, it was all, uh, you know, class with regards to how everybody talked about each other. There's just a, a real tremendous amount of respect between Devin Booker and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and all the big kind of players that play here. Chris Paul involved in that as well, although not as long term with the Phoenix Suns. And I think a lot of Warriors fans think about Chris, uh, you know, in other uniforms uh, than they do with regards to what he's done in his Suns uniform against the Warriors. But at the same time, there is something there. It's just unfortunate that those guys aren't even going to be in uniform tonight talking about Chris and Devin and and Cam Johnson and campaign. so I don't anticipate it bubbling over to tonight especially with the the good vibes in the air with Damian Lee getting his ring and everything like that Uh, but I do think the Warriors have uh, you know some payback here after the Suns beat them up uh, pretty good in Phoenix twice double digit victories so they'll probably want to get a little bit of revenge after that and and they'll have a good chance to do so uh, considering uh, the mismatch on paper
3: does this underscore the biggest problem With the NBA. This game should be a somewhat of a massive regular season tilt, yet Phoenix isn't healthy enough, the Warriors still recovering from injury, and it becomes almost like an afterthought. Is there any cure, John, for this sort of an ill? Because this game should be a big time marquee spot in the association.
1: I agree, it should be, and here it is, you know, again, another national TV game, and we've had a handful of those that have been duds on one end or the other. Either we are banged up and and don't bring it, or the other team has that similar situation, and I think this is something happening more often than not, and I don't have the solution from a standpoint of the schedule makers, but I do think that they can do a better job. Now, one of the steps that they've taken is trying this baseball approach where they'll have us play twice in a city. I think that can have a positive uh, you know, response for teams because they're not traveling as much. Look, we have been all over the place. I mentioned six cities in 12 days, but then you're back in Phoenix. That's the seventh city in 14 days. Now, here we are in the eighth city in 16 days days. That's a little insane. You know, I mean, from a standpoint of folks needing to go out and give their best in an athletic endeavor. I'm just going and talking. I mean, I'm exhausted. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to complain on my on my front, but I understand it. And when I go home, my family, my wife and my daughters are asking me, why are these guys getting hurt so much? You can't possibly recuperate when you're going city to city to city. And I do kind of get that. I think that could play into this. I don't think the Suns are unique to this either. I'm not trying to cry foul that the Suns are being mistreated. I think in general, could be better the product by adjusting the way the schedule plays out yes i think we could now the easiest answer would be take some games off the shelf but i don't think the owners right. are going to agree to take the cash out of their pockets
3: fascinating uh, idea and by the way when you end this road trip it'll be 11 cities in 22 days how many pair of underwear do you have john
1: you know, I'll count them right for you right now. Too oh my many. Gosh, I, hold I on. over-packed hold it. Gotta be at least two exactly. exactly. Live
2: underwear counting on 95.7 <laughs> the game. Hang on, everybody. Everybody pause. it's the high point in my 25 yeah, years in the business, this John. This is what we call a driveway moment in radio. No one's getting out of their yep. car now. Let's go <laughs> ahead. Eight, count them we're out. We're looking at eight for six.
1: Eight for six days. Uh, eight pairs. And and, and, I, and I'm a boxer guy, but here's the thing. I had to pack before this trip because I had two trips I took the kids to Disneyland for my daughter's birthday so I met the team here last night they flew separate I flew separate from them let me say uh and so I gave the the bag to my trainer and I'm thinking to myself how do I do this math I gotta pack for a trip after a trip uh so yeah I crammed an extra city in there so throw what is it uh 12 cities in 22 days for me with Anaheim in the mix all right there it is
3: eight for six
2: seems reasonable you you got a two drawer buffer just in case. Well, buffer or do you <laughs> do you work out? Are you are you working out two times in six days? Is that what it is? Because it's a two underwear day if you work out. Hmm. Uh, you know what? It depends on how much
1: of a lather I... I you know me. I'm not much of a sweater. Well, yeah, you know, that was, that was uh, more of you. You, know, you, you usually uh, built up more of the lather than I did. It's, it's yeah, great honesty
2: it's, between these two Peninsula yeah. legends. If you want to destroy <laughs> my sweater. Uh, there it is. Uh, from uh, great John Bloom. By the way, will you give a parting shot, please? People won't know this because you're a broadcaster for the Suns. But yes, local guy and a huge Giants fan. Carlos Correa oh, yeah. to the Twins. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, let's see how long he lasts. I mean, look, I, I,
1: it's not my money, so I would have loved to have him here with the Giants. But I'm more focused on uh, the, the other folks rocking the SF right now. My Niners and uh, our little Arizona boy from Gilbert, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, getting it done. That's where my focus is right now, yeah, Will. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping you guys come pay me a visit for a little uh, game in February. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you got a couch, the meetings,
2: we'll be there. The, the meetings are underway. And, and yes, uh, thank you even though you haven't offered yet, I'd love to stay with you. And I will bring eight pair for six days as well. Yeah, thank you. That's right.
1: We got a little golf tournament there too, a little pre-party on on Sunday morning before we have to head to see some football. So I got it all laid out for you. Just
2: remember, if I sleep on your couch, (laughs) I'm a sweater. So anyway, uh, John, John, thank you very much, brother. Take it easy. Always fun, guys. All right, there he is. That's John Bloom, San Mateo Bearcat. <laughs> great, great guy, great guest. Always
3: fun, and I, I just was thinking about that in terms yeah, of yeah. the travel. And he's, I think, actually onto something in terms of how do you fix this NBA schedule problem because you're not going to go down from eighty-two games. We've we've of talked course. about this in then any sport. Be less, yeah. But the biggest issue is the travel. So can we get to a spot where? We have teams actually stay in a city for multiple days. Could we, Mark, potentially have mini tournaments in cities? For example, the Warriors and Phoenix, Sacramento and Portland, the four teams all come to the Bay Area and you just play three games. You don't have to travel Uh. and then you do that. You don't have to do that every time, but you would at least get to a spot where each home venue would get some of these cluster games to where you would at least be able to minimize the travel and you'd be able to share the load in a regional way Uh, my my initial reaction is not very
2: positive because of course it's not you just had some lemons no but i i I just like home court advantage is part of the deal in sports and i don't want two teams like you mentioned the tournament style and we love the tournament but what a lot of people don't know because cbs won't show you on tv those games are empty in the early rounds, like you don't, and you know, I'm not going to go buy a ticket to watch Denver play Portland at Chase Center. Like I, I, I don't want to do that. And 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 like those two teams I just mentioned, home court advantage is fundamental to who they are as a team and 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 what they end up doing in the standings. In some so, venues, yeah, yeah. I, I just what John was saying.
3: This was not his idea. John was saying Phoenix comes here and you play two games.
2: Yeah. You play two of your four that you're going to play. That's fine. And you
3: just bang them out. Maybe That's not fine. back-to-back days. Maybe there's a day off in between. Yeah, and I and, and
2: if that helps, then great. But they are doing that some. And I, I just feel like the other thing that scares me is if you make a change like that and, and you start making that the norm, um, the exchange in theory would be, okay, so stop all the load management. They're not going to. Right. They're not going to. And and even though I get what he's saying about the travel I still don't think that's actually what's causing guys to sit out. You can't tell me. Like, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are actually the best examples of this. Remember all those old stats about how many miles Steph and Klay run in a game? These guys are constant motion. They're constant moving. They're in the best shape of anybody in the NBA when they're in their prime. And that's what has made them great. So you're telling me after they do that, the reason that they can't play the next night is because of the plane flight? I think it's because of the game. It is. I think it's, it's because primarily, of the but it's game. also so the travels a part of it, right? But you're not. Good. I. I just. I don't think the players will comply. Again, the the. Th- well, there's nothing that's going to make the players comply
3: unless you say. You don't play, you don't get paid, well, which is never going to happen. Right, so then there's no
2: point in doing this. Like right. if, if if what you're trying to do is to get load management to go away, this, this isn't going to do it. So Not why to would go you away, it?
3: but maybe to minimize it. Maybe. And I'm looking at Phoenix's schedule. They go on Christmas, they go to Denver. Then it's to Memphis, to D.C., Toronto, to New York, to Cleveland, back to Phoenix, now to the Bay, back to Denver, Minnesota, then to Memphis, and they're not alone. They've got 10 of 12 games are all on the road, right. and, and, and that, it's, you know, it, it's not conducive to guys being able to play all the
2: time. It sounds crazy. I know what normal human beings do when you hear that, though. You're like, okay, you're right. That sounds crazy. However... Uh, first class with leg room and a chef everywhere you go five star hotel everywhere you go I guess my answer to you is I don't know I I don't know to what level that takes it out of you. I'm sure, getting on a plane, getting off the plane, but you even heard John... Being at 30,000 feet is being at 30,000 feet no matter how much leg room you have. And and if there's turbulence, man, you feel like hell when that plane lands. I get it. And some people don't like to fly. I mean, your body goes through... It's not natural
3: to be up at 30,000 feet for five
2: hours. I don't dig it, although they probably get used to it to some degree. I don't know how it takes it out of you. I would imagine it takes it out of you less than running like a jackrabbit for two and a half hours with Devin Booker chasing you. I, 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 but I don't know. You know, you even heard John mention when he was like, yeah, so I had to go to Disneyland with the girls. And then I handed my bag to the trainer and I went, oh, oh well, that's different. That's different than the way I travel. Nobody takes my bag when I travel. And so it's exhausting. It's skycap takes your yeah. bag. You check your bag. Skycap. I'm actually not a Skycap guy, usually. I you usually, go inside? I go inside. Actually, usually, most of the travel yeah, I do... Yeah, that's not good. I just carry you on. you got to use the Skycap. I if you're going to check on.
3: bags use the sky cap. Use the human beings outside. Their jobs are on the line. No, there's
2: human beings inside, too. Not if you... you so you go
3: to the You're kiosk the and you punch out your yeah, own thing. Yeah, you go hand it to somebody.
2: Yeah, that's it's not a, the same. It's the same. It's you use the different. sky cap and you give them a tip. One person's inside, one person's outside. Yeah, well, by the way, why... Use the sky cap and you give them five bucks. Why does the guy outside get a tip and the person inside
3: doesn't? Because the person inside doesn't do anything other than look at the scale and then move the bag from the scale onto the belt. The O'com- person outside O'contrayer. takes your bag, puts it on the cart,
2: and then has to wheel it inside, no. and then do exactly no. what the person inside did. You're kiosking. That didn't used to be a kiosk. You used to wait in line, and that person would tag it, and make the whole thing for you, and then they would lift it and put it over on the belt. Exactly right. same thing that a sky cab does. Nobody tips that person. A sky cab puts it on the on the sled, and then pushes the sled
3: oh, inside, and that then what it's for. it's a double duty. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I thought
2: you would be a better tipper than that. I'm a great tipper, but I don't use they use the sky cap to find a tip for the inside people, too. By the way, that's a moving line about who gets tipped. Have you noticed this? Always, it doesn't matter what you go into now. Anything you want to buy, you stick that card in, and that thing goes, You want to leave a tip? And you're sitting there looking at the person. I'm like, What they do? Whole Foods, this, what are right? you doing? Like, I go to a pizza place, and they're like, You want a slice? I just want to buy the slice. Give me, guy turns around <laughs> here, hands it to me. I gotta leave you a tip. You didn't wait on me. You just handed me something, which is the same as any store anywhere.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Sa- the
2: person at Safeway does more. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you don't beep. tip at Safeway? <laughs>
3: Dude, you are a bad tipper.
2: Stop it. You don't tip at Safeway. I tip everywhere, no, you kid. You don't. You're full of crap. I go to right Company now.
3: Kitchen. And get my uh, my monster energy company drink, kitchen. Thank Kyle, you. Dude, you. Thanks
2: for tipping do the you, company do you kitchen. you tip at Trader Joe's? You told you about and, my business. He's definitely. like, no. And hey, Kyle lives there. This actually pays rent at Trader Joe's. And I am Trader t- Joe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's wow. weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> And then I gotta tip the valet. I don't want you in my car. Get out of my car. You gotta tip the valet. I know you do, but I don't want the valet. I will drive across the street to park the car myself. Do you tip when you pick up food at a place? Yes. But not not 20%. Yeah, cuz cause, cause that's also a tip for the cooks. They made right. the food. So when you you call into a I place I guess you could do that with a slice of pizza too but that's not exactly very, what's uh, the difference Not much. I'm not saying I don't do it. I'm just saying they ask for it now. Never used to
3: ask. The grocery for it. tip is the one that gets me. <laughs> and Whole Foods <laughs> is the one where What do you do? And I go to a place called Market Hall in Oakland and get some uh, some good quality fresh uh, yeah. ingredients, some fresh uh, deli stuff and good some for you. some produce and every time bloop. You know, how much would you like to tip? I can't get to the no tip button fast enough. Right, right. You literally scooped some shrimp out of the case, <laughs> slopped it on a on a piece of paper, put
2: it on the scale, wrapped it, and gouged me for it, and I'm gonna tip you? I wanna tip everybody who who, who deserves a tip. But you know what I mean? Like, do you tip the uh, the 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 the, uh, the shuttle? The shuttle guy oh, who always. takes you to the airport? Absolutely a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't even think of it. You know? Then you go on a trip to Europe and they give you the tip back. They don't even want... They won't take Different culture, yeah. I, I go to it's Air Park weird.
3: in Oakland. If you ever need long-term parking, go to Air Park on 98th. It's uh, unbelievable service. The shuttle driver's very <laughs> friendly. Even if I don't have the shuttle driver hoist my bag into the shuttle...
2: I'm tipping the shuttle driver. Look, absolutely, look at you trying to get an endorsement out of this entire. The conversation. great that was Stephen amazing.
3: Douglas, <laughs> longtime listener of the station, longtime friend of the program. He runs Air Park. Whenever I have to park my car <laughs> in the Oakland Airport, Mike, I go to Air Park. They take reservations. Always room for the
2: Dipper at Air Park. <laughs> I'm like I can't, I can't talk. I gotta wait for you to get to the end. Seriously. of your, your little motto. There. I forgot the uh, uh, hi. I'm Dan Dimley. Yeah, exactly. Up <laughs> the top, the postseason fixing post. Season, we'll fix it in post. It Thank you. Begins now. <laughs> the road to Glendale, where John Bloom lives, is brought to you by Merrow West Credit me. Union. Squirt. working for you today, tomorrow, together. All right, back to Brock. And back to Bucky. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, joins us next on Willard and Dips. I told you about my big tip, right? 95.7,
3: Twenty-five-seven. the game.
2: Every guest I book. Okay, yeah. book, I, book, I, book. I got it done. I got it done. I got did it done. you, Mark? I had to do it a different way. I had to adjust on the fly. I'm like Brock Purdy out here. It was like, get in there, kid. You weren't supposed to be doing this, but you are, and we need you to do it right now. And so I did. I mean, it's like old home week here with uh, yeah. John Bloom,
3: my buddy from high school. Bucky Brooks, my colleague. I mean, who else are you going
2: to pull out and bring on our very program? You want me to get Joy Taylor on again and have Kyle lose his yes. damn bananas? Okay, <laughs>
3: first of all, I missed out on the Joy Taylor. Oh, I, you weren't
2: here for that? Oh, I that's was on right. paternity that's leave, right, and I'm
3: listening to it, and I'm like, you know what? I like Joy Taylor. I like what, oh, she, what she does. Yeah. She's professional. She's, She's a great, great broadcaster. Great. And then this guy. This Kyle Madsen guy. I mean, <laughs> uh, Joy, uh, I, mean, I have yeah. a question, Joy. Uh,
2: uh, uh, uh. That's I mean, so nice that you listen. Are you, yeah. a, are you a Sagittarius? Because I'm just, an Aries. Listen, he was just... You're Leo. You know you the this. same birthday I know. He was just in the other oh, room yeah. talking to great former NFL player Bucky Brooks. Let's find out if he got spooked. Uh, hey, Bucky, this is Kyle. Do yeah, oh, you have a minute? Bucky did our producer. <laughs> did, he, did he sound like he... Was just totally overwhelmed and and starstruck as he spoke to you moments ago. Well, I'm a little disappointed. I didn't get a Joy Taylor treat. No, no, <laughs> like no, no, that. you didn't, Bucky. Uh, <laughs> Mister Brooks, uh, do you oh, have a minute?
4: Uh, I, I would like to think that I'm pretty hot, but I got to catch it.
0: <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: Like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free
2: job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
4: Power and swag to me. I wouldn't mind a little of that. Of
3: the starstruck, <laughs> well, I'll play the role, Bucky, because Mark, you know, you and Mark are uh, you know quite close well, and, and colleagues and all the rest. Well, no, of it. So you know, I, I just, got butterflies, Bucky. If that makes you feel no, good, no,
2: Bucky, you know this. What I mean, all I know is I was just trying to walk from point A to point B at LAX a week ago, <laughs> and I stopped in my tracks. My girlfriend was gone. She kept walking. She didn't know I was like. Everybody, stop. Do you see who's across the room? Oh, no, no. no that's no. Bucky Brooks. Um, and I walked oh, right no, up to no. you and I said, Can we take a selfie? Because I know who you are. <laughs> like, that's, that's
4: funny. <laughs> we were uh, so real about that. That was the day of the Hamlin stuff, right? That was on
2: a Monday, right? My man, the, I, ha- I the, by you? the Hamlin right. thing, I think it happened about 10 minutes after you and I talked. Seriously, because no joke. I'm on the I'm on the plane.
4: Will it? I'm on the plane, I get off and like it's yep. text, text, text. and I'm like, what is going on? And I didn't realize it and what I thought happened in my mind was so much different than what I saw. Uh wow. Just an amazing and a crazy weekend all at the same time.
3: No, super crazy and great news that he's back in Buffalo and, and getting better. But as we look now at what transpired from the injury through the reschedule and all the rest of it. Did the NFL get this one right?
4: (laughs) I mean, I don't know if they got it right. I would say that uh, the third Warriors helped him get it right. And so because he's okay, it appears that everything is right. But I don't know if the the league got it right. Um, There's so much stuff going on. And how could they get it right? I've been around football for most of my adult life, and I've never seen anything transpire like that. And so to think about what took place on the field, and then all the logistical things that you had to do behind the scenes, and on top of that, we're getting ready for like primetime. The NFL lives for the tournament, and the playoffs are everything. And so to think about all of those things being disrupted and making schedules look, yeah, can they always do it better? But I can't say they necessarily got it wrong. Wrong, looking at all the outcomes.
2: Bucky Brooks, the great former NFL and now NFL Network performer with us here on Willard and Dibs. 95-7 the game. He's very, very famous. If you see him at an airport, please. One more time. Brock <laughs> Brady being Tom Brady's light in terms of the San Francisco 49ers
4: have looked, looked under every rock, expended all the resources, and they might have found their franchise quarterback in a lightly regarded prospect from Iowa State because he allows Kyle Shanahan to play the video game that he always wanted because Brock Purdy is the perfect joystick. Kyle Shanahan can make all these creative X and the beautiful mind, and those guys that he had before him, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, couldn't necessarily make it come to life like Brock Purdy. But now we're seeing an offense that is lighting it up. He's just distributing the ball. And the thing about it is, in a league where we always talk about quarterback play and you got to have this guy and that guy. Brock Purdy can go toe-to-toe with anybody because of the weapons that he has around him. Yeah, it might be a perfect storm. The Niners might have found their guy and a quarterback that doesn't look like any of the other franchise quarterbacks around the league.
3: Is it that Kyle Shanahan and company were able to assess a quarterback that no one else could see? Or is it the system that they have makes an otherwise mediocre quarterback shine because of what they're able to do with him?
4: So I've always said this about Shanahan's system. His system can make average quarterbacks pro bowlers. It can make pro bowlers MVP. Case in point, Joe Goff going to the Rams, playing up under a disciple, Sean McVay. You saw how Jerry Goff played and performed. Then he goes uh, to the Super Bowl with the Rams. He's playing well in Detroit in a different system, but no one thought that he could do that. Aaron Rodgers was kind of having a downturn. Matt LaFood gets with him. He went back-to-back MVP. Cal Shanahan's system, the Shanahan system which you created from Mike Shanahan, look man, it's a simple simon system where you're using play action to create these big play opportunities down the field. But the quarterback must have enough athleticism to get on the edges. He must have enough arm talent and processing ability to make the things happen in the passing game. And he has to have a little moxie and I guess swag to really embrace all the stuff that Cal is putting on his plate without worrying about who gets the ball, where the ball is going, and all this other stuff. And so when you have what the Niners have assembled, I mean, let's be honest, it might be the best offensive cast in football when you look at the individual pieces. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. They're not lacking for anything. And when you put it all together and you just have a quarterback who runs the system, according to script, magic happens. I can't say that those other guys always did it the way that Kyle Shanahan wanted. So...
2: Yeah, Bucky, you called him, you said the 49ers found their guy. And and it's a conversation really for another day because the Niners are about to do whatever they're about to do coming up next. But it, it, are, are you firm on that? Like, like do, have we seen enough where Brock Purdy's the guy now? I mean, what, what, what more do we need to see? I
4: mean, they've won 10 games in a row. He's jumped in and the offense has exploded. I mean, like you said, oh, okay, he's just running the system. Maybe it's just a thing where, you know, he's a system quarterback, a game manager. Can he do it when they need to put it on? Okay, let's get in the shootout with the Raiders and see if he can do it. Check. I mean, let's see if he can come from out. Like, he's done all the stuff that you want to do from a quarterback. The one thing that we need to see is how is he going to perform in the playoffs when the lights uh, are brighter and the stage is bigger. But everything that he's done to this point says that he's going to handle it like he's always handled everything. Cool. Calm, poised, he's going to play well, and his team is going to win a ton of games.
2: Cool, calm, poised, and a major celebrity. That sounds just like you, man. I mean, kind of. Yeah. But it's okay, though. Like, I get it. I think the bigger thing is this the
4: report about Jimmy Garoppolo being available to come back, maybe in the championship game or huh. Super Bowl. Like, this would be a fun conversation for Jimmy G to be like, all right, dog, I'm ready. I'm ready to have my spot back. <laughs> and I just can't wait. I just can't wait to see Cal be like, yeah, dog, we yeah. can wait for a minute. Like, yeah, here's, so,
2: here's, so, your clip, like, here's your clipboard. We'll <laughs> see you out on the sideline, yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, but this is better than him going to be uh, whatever, seven oh seven field where he was throwing passes to himself like they had at the beginning of the summer. <laughs> yeah. At least
2: he'll be back on the field with everybody else. <laughs> uh, Bucky, great stuff, man. Great to have you. Thank you. Hey, man, I appreciate you. All right, there it is. That's Bucky Brooks, NFL Network. He's right. Like that, that is kind of a weird conversation that people are having. Jamie Garoppolo uh, can come back and be ready for the playoffs. Everybody understands that's to be the backup, right? Of course. Okay.
3: Like, there's no, there's no No, there's no, there's no more replacing Brock Purdy. Maybe ever. And this is a Trey uh-huh. Lance conversation for March and April after this goes however far it goes. If it goes to the Super Bowl, well, Trey, you're going to either be the backup or you're going to be dealt. If Brock Purdy comes out and lays an egg on Saturday in some way, shape, or form, and Seattle stuns you and you lose this
2: game... Uh-huh he still has a chance to be QB1 going into next year. I agree with that, yeah. It's absolutely. a competition. No doubt, no doubt. Steininger Goo going to jump in here next. I do have a quick thing I want to say about... <clears throat> Brandon Belt? Uh, I do want to say that. We'll have that coming up next. And by the way, some details of the Correa deal have come out that you might find interesting. We'll give you all that. It's brought to you by CalHOPE.org. And don't forget the Warriors and Sons tonight, live on 95.7 The Game, presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. It's weather than Dibs. Brandon Belt! And of course,
3: Six yards away from Pontiac. Third and three.
4: Montana looking, looking, going in the end
2: zone. I it! Great ball! It's JP with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Dave's. 41 years ago today. 41 years ago today.
3: Were you even alive?
2: yes barely i was i don't remember oh, it though no i do peeper. i absolutely do in fact it you is. were six um, coming up on being seven i was about to turn i turned seven on the same day the 49ers played the bengals in the super bowl oh, okay we had a combo party of my birthday and the super bowl that's the 24th then january 24th that okay. is right yeah against the cincinnati bengals so did they have the the one week bye back then so, they must have. yeah, that was right. That was the NFC championship game. So, yes, um, there you have it. Uh, 41 years ago today. Yes, I was two weeks shy of my seventh birthday. And there you have it. That was, in fact, I don't really remember watching football prior to that year. Whenever anyone asks me, what's your first football memories? It's essentially that game. The one that was a good game to have a memory. Yeah, yeah. I just showed up. I'm like, is it like this every week? Seriously, this is amazing. Uh, Yeah, 41 years ago today, the catch. My first ever game in person
3: was Cowboys Niners that same season in the regular season. They had a thing back then called the Berkeley Farms Junior 49er Minor Club, where you could show up. If you were a member of this club, they would give out tickets, and you would get free tickets to go to a game. My first ever game was via the Berkeley Farms Junior 49er Minor Club in, I believe, October. Niners 45, Dallas Cowboys 14, they absolutely boat raced Dallas. That was in 1981. Obviously, the catch happened in 82. The playoffs following the 81 season, I
2: was a 13-year-old. Okay, I have a furrowed brow as you're talking about this because you're making... Furrow away. Well, you're reminding me of maybe the first time I... One of the first times I remember going to a 49er game. I think it was... After the catch year, but the 49ers played the Cowboys late. This would have been somewhere in the early 80s. 49ers played the Cowboys late in the regular season. Niners needed it. Dallas didn't to get into the playoffs. And that's very stressful for a kid because I was like, like the Cowboys, I think, scored first. And I just remember looking at my dad and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, like it's a, like, wait a minute. You, you mean we're going to miss the playoffs? Like, that's not what the 49ers of the 80s do. And my dad looks at me, I'll never forget, and he goes, the team that needs it is going to get it. So everything's fine. The only other thing I remember from that game is my parents had just bought me one of those foam fingers. And this is when my hatred for the Dallas Cowboys was born. Okay. And never, ever wavered. Because they bought me a foam finger, and I could not have been more proud. I could not have been more excited to go to a football game at Candlestick Park and hold up my foam finger. And I did it once, and I did it twice, and I did it a third time. And a Cowboy fan who was sitting right behind me leaned forward and whispered in my ear, you put that foam finger up one more time, I'm going to shove that thing so far up their back. No way. No joke. And I could not have been like I was less than 10 years old. I was less than 10 years old.
3: Had to be 1985, Mark. I'm looking at the box score right now. It was December 22nd, 1985. Sounds about right. The Cowboys, Doug Cosby, scores from one yard out on a pass from Gary Hogaboom. Cowboys lead at seven nothing and that you turned terrible. to Tom Willard and yeah. said, Daddy, I want to go home now.
2: And what's the final score of the game? 31-16. The Niners.
3: Right. The Niners. Right. Raphael Septienne okay. hit two field goals. You're down 13-0.
2: Terrifying. Foam finger guy tells you where yeah. you could stick that That's number right. one. And I was ten. I was ten years old, and this guy leans forward and whispers that in my ear. And I could not pick him out of a lineup today because I ne- I was so well, he's terrified. Dead now. Well, sure. Uh, hopefully later he's that dead. day. But anyway, wow. it's <laughs> <So> unlike you. <laughs> I Mark actually know. killed him. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was so terrified. I never turned around. I shoved the foam finger down below my seat. Oh, it never came back out again. Seriously, and Cowboys, no. that was it for you. You became. You stood right next to the Los Angeles Dodgers as the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone in life. Dwight Clark,
3: forty-nine yard touchdown pass from Montana. Damn right. They trade field goals. They're down sixteen ten in the third quarter. Roger Craig from four yards out. Then a little known guy by the name of Jerry Rice on a fifteen yard run as the oh, as the third quarter expires. They, the they
2: love the Jerry Rice reverse. Dwight Clark
3: got one more thirty-one <laughs> sixteen. Did the phone finger come out late in the
2: fourth? Okay, it came out in the parking lot on the way back. That's a heartbreaking and it, story and of bullying. And then, it, and then it stayed it stayed in my room for the rest of my days. It was like it was just a standard right over there on the side of my room for uh for the rest of my days, but yeah, I love it. The Jerry Rice reverse. That was so, like, nouveau and crazy You back want a then. trick play? They're like, what's <laughs> this? Now here we are 40 Wait, years later. we this And the Chiefs way. are, Chiefs are doing the way. ring around the rosy Dude, totally. 40 years later. Like, what's this? <laughs> Seriously. The reverse. Oh, the shenanigans.
3: Wait, you were going this way. How dare
2: you also go that way? You can't, wait, where'd he go? It's got to be a flag. He's in the end zone. He's Seriously. the goat. Yeah, man, it was ridiculous. So anyway, um, hey, try this on for size before Steiny and Goo get in. So um, just for intrigue. The Carlos Correa contract with the Twins. And if you're just joining us, yeah, Carlos Correa is not a giant. He's not a Met. He's a twin again. So you can stop all the house hunting. You can just go right back to wherever you stayed last year. Six years, $200 million. Now, that is guaranteed. However, there are vesting options. Here's where it goes next. He gets a guaranteed seventh year for $25 million if he gets 502 plate appearances in year six. So the Twins, whatever they saw on <clears throat> the scan, right? they built in some protections beyond year six as well. So 502 plate appearances in year six means an automatic seventh year at 25. And then the total value can increase to $245 million if he gets an eighth year. We don't know what produces that yet. And then Ken Rosenthal ends this tweet as all Carlos Correa tweets must end.
3: Pending physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of his eight years, he has reached that 500 plate appearance threshold. He's gotten 481 and 468 in years where he didn't. Obviously, 2020, the 60-game season, he didn't get there. But his last two years, 640 and 590, respectively. So this is not a player who is not durable, but something in that scan, and I wonder if we ever will find out if Correa actually signs this deal, does he come out and just say, look, Giants and Mets... (laughs) Here's should, my scan. You should show scan it. Scan this. Just hold
2: it up. I don't think we will. We will never know the depths of this. That's my prediction. We'll never know what's actually really, really being said behind closed doors with the Giants and the Mets. So many people have
3: seen this scan. We will know. No. <laughs> once, once this gets signed and once the dust settles on this whole kerfuffle no. or whatever it was, it's going to get leaked. Well, Somewhere, somehow, the reports of exactly what was on that scan... It's coming out because yeah, right now the Giants and Mets, more the Giants than the Mets, you got an egg on your face if this guy goes out and has six monster years. Uh, I mean,
2: I, you look like a clown the, organization. The Mets, the, ones, the Mets are the ones that did the deal in four hours and then spoke publicly on it.
0: And You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.